At KeyBank, we understand what you need to run a middle market company. We bring a team of strategists and problem solvers to design and deliver solutions critical to your business's success. KeyBank offers industry expertise, investment banking and capital markets, payment automation, loans and lines of credit, plus equipment financing. Connect with your local KeyBank team. Learn more at key.com slash commercial. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Austin, Dan, welcome to the podcast booth. Thanks How's your day us. gone so far? Great. Wonderful. Yeah? How about you? It's been fantastic. It's been very busy, very back-to-back, but that's what we like. Yeah. Um, so before I kick things off, I think it's appropriate just to get a bit of background on both of you, like how you got to where you are and why you're doing what you're doing. Awesome. Um, so maybe Austin, I'll kick it off with you. Yeah. So my career has really been in healthcare. I started with M&A in healthcare, worked at a firm that was responsible for the large majority of healthcare M&A transactions in the United States. Uh, eventually switched over to the operation side, strategic investment opportunities for health systems. And it was in this work that I really realized firsthand how broken healthcare is in the United States. That became the inspiration for what Neural, 50 iterations later, is now. Um, I'll pass it over to Dane. He's got much more of an interesting background than I. <laughs> um, you know, I, I got started with uh, computational biology a long time okay. ago, and I got much better at the computational side as the biology side, and so I didn't want to wear a, a white coat for my job, so... <laughs> Um, I got quickly sucked into the first dot-com boom as a big four, big five consultant for different efforts and eventually made my way to the intelligence community and DoD. Um, And from there, along a magical carpet ride for lots of different uh, projects and programs and consumer-facing technologies through the years that uh, have stayed the test of time, some of them, and some of them blew up, but they're actually gone up to space and then blew up but uh, I've had everything in in between building large systems to uh, look at ourselves in the mirror from space or very small things um, in between okay amazing I'm sitting with the big dogs (laughs) Um, okay so before I go into neurotechnologies and what you guys actually do um, I read the stat that the global wellness economy is 4.4 trillion dollar business But I feel like the wellness space um, has been really slow to embrace technology, um, which kind of seems odd. Um, So A, why has it been so slow? Um, And um, B, what does today look like? And what does tomorrow look like? Right, yeah, so there's health and wellness industry and there's also healthcare industries. Some overlap, but for the most part, me see. With healthcare, it's just over-regulated. I mean, we've created a system where we have entirely perverse incentives. You have a third-party payer system, so who's really the consumer? Who's really the person who's actually communicating directly with the health system for care? And you have fee-for-service, so how are we incentivizing quality of care, cost-effective care? We're actually just billing on volume of care. Right. And so while the majority of first-world countries have accelerated preventative medicine, holistic care, and reduced cost of care and increased longevity, We've done the opposite. We're the worst performing first world country in terms of life expectancy at 72 years, and we're spending twice as much by 2028, 20% of our GDP on healthcare. So what we're seeking to do is say, all right, 
Healthcare has tried to change regulation in the United States for decades, and it's been incredibly slow. So what do we have to do? We have to create a, an ecosystem that actually empowers not the patient, but the person. Okay. And provide the opportunity for that person to be empowered by their information and use it to facilitate personalized goods and services. Okay, great. So I was checking out your website, um, and I was trying to work out what your mission is in neurotechnologies. And you wrote, to foster sovereignty over humanity's information and unleash human potential. Well, what does that mean? It means answer the question, who am I? Okay. The neural portal is basically the home of your neural avatar. This is coming out in 2023. It's one of Dan's masterpieces. Okay. And what that really means is, you know, imagine if there was a world where you could consolidate in an efficient way not just your personal health information, but your genetic information. Okay. All your retail purchases and any IoT data you have. And for doing so, you'd be rewarded in our monetized token. Now, that in itself is a business because that information also is all siloed. Okay. Have you ever tried to get your personal health information? Listen, my mom texted me the other day being like, just so you know, your blood type is B negative. And there I was like, didn't know. Thank you. Pretty, impor <laughs> pretty important thing to know. Pretty important <laughs> information right there. And so that's the first aspect of what we're building. The second aspect is if we're going to provide the opportunity for people to consolidate their most valuable information, because your yep. personal information is 300 times more valuable than depersonalized data that Facebook will notice making money off of. If we're going to empower people to consolidate it, shouldn't we also give them the opportunity to decide what to do with it? Yep, agreed. And so we're providing the opportunity for people to sell, rent, or share their information, set the price, determine who can access it or who can even bid on it. Yep. And they can sell it as many times as they want. And how does that work? What does it look like? Maybe, Dan, you can talk a little to that. Yeah, so it, it, there are analogies that um, you're, you're pretty well aware of that you've used. There's... Uh, you can't just go charge someone arbitrary amounts of money for putting an ad on your website. There's tracking mechanisms, there's transparency in that, um, kind of, but there's tracking mechanisms and that creates the um, opportunity, the arbitrage between the supply and demand for advertising, which Google took all the world's information and is trying to organize it so that they can highly target you specifically. And what we're trying to do is instead of having someone target you that you may not want to be targeted, or be negative blood type. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to create a, a living, breathing digital twin of you. Okay. That organizes all the information, which is a petabyte scale problem per person. Okay. So it's it's kind of daunting. It's a long term uh, effort, but we're going to start with things that are attainable. <clears throat> okay. It's a hypothetical situation. I'm a world class tennis player. <laughs> And I, I, you create a digital avatar for me. What is the benefit for me and how do I go about building this digital avatar? Because surely I input as time goes by, as maybe I get better as a tennis player, maybe I have a health problem. Like, how does this work? Actually, I have a... So I, I actually am a tennis player, played in college. Oh, okay. And Serena Williams, if you ever listen to this, this is uh, out of love for you as a, <laughs> as a wonderful tennis player. Have you ever read the story of Serena when she was giving birth? Um, I have not, no. So... She went in, she had medication she was supposed to take, hadn't been taking it because she was pregnant, went in and said, look, I have a condition where there's a risk that I'll form blood clots in my lungs okay. because I haven't been taking this medication. Uh, you know, let her doctor know. And they're like, oh, okay, okay. Started reporting while she was going into labor that she was having serious pain. Doctors were like, oh, well, you know, I, we don't see anything here. Yep. They didn't have access to her historic data. Okay. She almost crazy. died in childbirth. And this is one of the most successful athletes of all time. You would imagine they'd have exceptional care. Yeah. So there's your answer to 
what it looks like if you're a tennis player. I mean, if she had just had her information in one place and could say, look, here's proof. Yeah. There's no more ambiguity in the situation at all. So the platform also allows someone like that as an influencer to not only command their own information, but then actually incentivize other people to participate in their own um, avatar's expansion as an influencer. So you're not going to be going to Twitter for health information or competing against Serena Williams um, for whatever it might be. Um, But our platform allows the whole spectrum of of that to And you touched upon it earlier in terms about being rewarded. Um, How does that work? So we'll be monetizing our token, I'm not going to say exactly when, and for all of the information they're uploading, depending on what type of information, for example, genetic information, more valuable, you'd be rewarded at a higher tranche, Yeah. but you actually rewarded in our token for doing these things, and there's automated API integration, I'll let Dan speak to that in greater detail, that actually would allow us to pull that information on your behalf, HIPAA compliance protects this information as yours, and so now you can be automated, automatically pulling this information, earning money for this in, in our token and then decide what you want to sell and how many times you want to sell it and who can purchase it. Nice. And also, on the flip side, are you rewarded for any kind of physical activity as well? Absolutely. Ah, so cool. Okay. Nice. And how, how you share data is what I call enclaving, where we, we take specific parts that you want to have out there. Yep. And it could be intimate data that you don't want any part of people knowing that that's your data. Um, it gets anonymized and put on the blockchain um, and people tap it if they're allowed to do it. And the data itself is um, obfuscated with our own cybersecurity and hashing techniques. Okay. So that's how we encrypt the data a couple times over so that when it goes out to the blockchain, it's not actually your data. It's only that transaction would know something about them. Okay, super interesting. I was actually talking to someone who was involved in self-sovereign identity and how that would work in the future. So imagine you, you walk into a bar and you the bartender wants to know that you're over the age of 21 or 18. Like, giving away your information without actually telling your birthday, um, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually you have preempted my next question, which is like, what are the challenges in this space? I imagine there are ethical, cybersecurity, privacy challenges, like a yeah, whole number all of All of the whole kick yeah. caboodle. But I think one of the things that we will be really holding true and part of the core DNA of our, our organization is ethical, abiding by ethical standards that are ancient, if you will, um, and that that will drive quite a bit of our decision making about how data is accessed. Because yeah. currently the way practitioners like medical doctors is abiding by the Hippocratic Oath, insurance companies yeah. definitely are not. Yeah. So there is a cognitive dissonance, and you can feel it when you try to tap your own data, then they're granting you access to data that they claim that they own. In how many states? 26 states? Something like that? Don't remember the exact number, but yeah, you're it's probably some, close. It's some, almost a, li- a little over half the states, say that the provider owns your data, not you. You can access it, you, but that's not your data. So. If you think about that ethically, that's just yeah. your most uh, precious data about you is owned by someone else. That's, that's not right. So that really drives who we are as a company and our, our DNA. Okay. And what do you see as like your biggest roadblocks moving forward? Um, I think what we're doing is um, we're, there's two things that I think are roadblocks. Regulation. Yeah, of course. Um, there's 
there's standards and specifications that have been around for a while, but they don't really enable ecosystems. They're enabling the providers to talk to each other, but not for you as an individual. Well, if, you, if you're sitting in your basement and you think about some idea and you want to make an application for that yep. on the neural platform, how do you do that? Right now, there's nothing like that out there. And you would be able to tap into the AWS of healthcare information on our platform. And is there anyone else doing what you're doing? Not, not that like we know. This. Maybe bits and pieces, but yeah. not a, uh, a holistic so I was saying to Austin earlier that I hate asking generalistic questions, but I'm now about to ask one. <laughs> um, only because having spoken to you, I, I'm really intrigued to see what you think of the space, and that is touching upon Web3. Um, so obviously, you know, everyone's talking about it, and as with any kind of technology um, that is pegged to be disruptive, there's a lot of skepticism as well. Um, what are the applications for Web3 technologies across the wellness space? Is there an application, or are we just looking for a problem to solve? I think if you look at, um, I've ridden the wave of all of it. So okay. if you look at Web 1, Web 2, whatever it is, um, if, you, if you think about, uh, say, open source technology, yeah. people are like, oh, that's dumb. I, I don't trust it. I don't know anything about it. But now there's tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars in market cap value for open source software. That in itself is a very good analogy for Web 3 type technologies. We don't really care as an organization about its current inception. We, yeah, I yeah, mean, of course. It's, it's just too finite right now with what we're trying to do. But the the enablers, like the blockchain-specific way of protecting data and having untrusted environments, is perfect for what we want to do. And yeah. that's, that's really like, if you think about spreadsheets, and then MySQL. No one really in their right mind would invest in MySQL, but it's the platforms like AWS put MySQL on their platform which then generated tons of consumption patterns that we couldn't even think of. Right. So that's what we really wanted. And I, I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, I'll let Dan talk to him about you know, the technical side all day, but uh, you said what's well, one of the biggest roadblocks. Um, let's stop talking about Web3. Yeah. Yep. Let's just talk 100%. about utility. Yeah, yeah, and jargon. <laughs> jargon. Because there's so problem. much of it, right? Um, Do you see any companies that have, like, Web Ninjas or whatever as their, their titles that they hold? I think those are long gone. I mean, Same I have time. worked in industries that have just are so jargon fueled and it's driven me nuts because I'm like, why complicate things? And let's just like make it simple and then you're going to be able to onboard all your customers. <laughs> um, okay, before we like kind of finish up, what does your roadmap look like? So I think 2023, part of it is playing out the market and understanding what's really happening. Um, but it will be first led by release of the portal, beta okay. portal then launch of token, then alpha portal, then launch of beta marketplace, okay. and then alpha marketplace. Okay. And this will all happen, everything goes planned, 2023. Okay, nice. And Dan, if you were to look at this industry in like five years time, um, what would you idealistically hope to be the case? And what do you think realistically is gonna be the case? Well, I hope, and I think that's what a lot of the community here um, is hoping as well, that this type of technology brings value very close to your wallet, if not in your wallet. Right. Um, and consumers haven't really felt that because there's been so many different people in the middle that prevent you from truly accessing the value that you're generating, either from consuming some data, consuming some service, whatever it might be. Um, so I think 
my hope is that we get really close to having healthcare data yeah. right in your wallet so that it's not only something that you can tap into, but you're gaining value from it. Okay, nice. And um, for everyone out there today, what do you want them to take away um, from you guys being here? What do you want them to learn? <laughs> oh, man. That's a, that's a fun one. Uh, you could sell your genomics data for tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think we're a Web3 story by any means. We, we are utilizing it, but we're, we're a f- kind of a, a future um, of this, where this industry should go, where you utilize the technology, not for use case, but for generating platforms that generate value, truly value. Yeah, and I was kind of being a little bit sarcastic. I think the, the way I think about it is you're unique, so wouldn't it be cool if you could own that? Yeah, I agree. Um, and so for those that don't know you, where can they find you? Socials, Neural, okay. neural Labs, actually. I'm changing the name to Neural Labs. Okay. Um, and you can reach out to me directly, um, social media as well. Mm-hmm. Imagine the same with Dan. Yep. Okay, fantastic. Dan, it was so nice. To yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks Thank so you. much. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. to $26,000 per employee? They call it the 15-minute refund, but it's not a gimmick. It's for business owners who stuck it out during the pandemic. The Employee Retention Tax Credit, or ERTC. But time is running out to get started. Talk to the experts. JWC Advisors at iHeartTaxRefunds.com. Who are they? CPAs who will keep you on the right side of the IRS. So do it the right way. Go to iHeartTaxRefunds.com. That's iHeartTaxRefunds.com.